Hello, happiness seekers. I'm work psychologist Claudia Mitura, and I'm on a journey to test drive and discover the best happiness hacks from leading experts and share what I've learned with you. This episode of End Happiness is a little bit different because I'm sharing my own journey on happiness with my friend Leila Okali via her podcast, Diverse Minds. I had a deep conversation with Leila on her podcast about the fact that happiness is not plastering a smile on your face to pretend that all is okay. Instead, we discussed rooted and practical ideas for everyone going through a very challenging time. So in the next 25 minutes, we covered how I coped with a trying time in my life back in 2020, not a great year for me, what the term happiness actually means, how workplaces can make people happy, and my favorite top three tips for looking after my mental health that I really stick to and incorporate daily. So I really hope you will enjoy this interview, even though it's a little bit different. And I hope to see you very soon with my regular episodes where I speak to experts to incorporate their tips into my personal happiness journey and share my experiences with you so that hopefully you are becoming more resilient, successful and happy. See you in the next episode. Bye. Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. Welcome to the 161st episode of the award-winning Diverse Minds podcast and this is the final episode in our series on personal development and I'm excited to say we're focusing on happiness, what it means and how it contributes to positive personal development. To join me in doing this is the joyous Claudia Matura. Claudia is a work psychologist who explores the science of happiness and tests out different methods for making a personal change and leading a happier life. She works as a learning and development specialist at the Science Museum group, building a learning culture and boosting happiness in the workplace to drive business growth and innovation. She's the host of the award-winning And Happiness podcast, exploring the bold question, what makes us happy? And do check out the episode with me on how to expand your external stories. Link is in the show notes. And for the last 10 years, she has been applying scientific research on employee engagement to design and implement energetic, creative and data-driven programs to empower individuals to be at their best at work. Her approach towards learning and development is based on empowerment, mastery and purpose. So Claudia, a huge welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Leila. I'm so excited. We're super excited to have you. And, um, you know, I read out your bio, told listeners a little bit about yourself, but I think it's really great for them to hear what you're working on at the moment. What are the projects that you've got on um, and that are bringing you some joy? Oh, my goodness. I think the biggest project that is bringing me some joy is actually putting all the tips and everything I've learned about happiness into a book format. Uh, So I've decided that um, I would love to share uh, with uh, the listeners 
just everything condensed in a nice capsule of this is what I've learned on my journey of testing out happiness. Uh, so I'm working with a book mentor and I have tight deadlines or writing certain amount of words a week uh, or, or a month. Um, and that's one of the exciting projects that's giving me that purpose and uplift currently. Amazing. That is super exciting. Oh, I hope we can come to the book launch. <laughs> yes, at some point. I feel like it will it will take forever before I finish that, but it is coming. It is coming. Oh, that's brilliant, Claudia. So I think it'd be really great to hear about your journey to becoming a happiness expert. How did this happen? What was your journey? And, you know, how did you arrive at this point of being this expert? <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, first of all, Leila, I'm not sure I would describe myself as happiness expert, but I'll take it as a compliment. Thank you so much. So I guess uh, my interests always have been within learning and development, and I've been a specialist within that field for the last 14 years, working for various organizations or building that happy workplace and learning culture. Uh, but personally, uh, the key moment in my life that really made me focus on the topic of happiness and specifically the science of happiness was when in 2020 and 2021, I really hit a low in my personal life. Uh, so that was during the first COVID pandemic, um, you know, the first COVID lockdown, I think that's the correct phrase. I'm not, I'm not sure what the kind of the, the terminology. Um, when I lost my job, I needed to reschedule my wedding. Uh, I had a, literally a leak from a um, neighbor upstairs um, and no one was able to come and repair it because everything obviously stopped in the world. Within that time, I got COVID myself and I was really sick for, for uh, over eight weeks. You know, through that time, through that journey and so much happening also with my family that I couldn't get to who live in Poland. Um, also, some time ago, my father was diagnosed with a lung cancer. All of this all happening made me kind of realize that, oh, you know, <sighs> I would love to be happy even for one minute, even one minute a day, because I feel all of this really complex emotions from anxiety to fear to sadness to depression. It's so tricky that I would love to be happy even for a split second. And that made me really realize that, you know, it's easy to be happy when life is great. But what about when life is really, really tricky? Uh, and being a psychologist, being a scientist myself, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to look into science to ha of happiness. I'm going to really explore what's out there, what's supposed to help me to be happy, and I'm going to test it out. And that's really how my podcast started and my really uh, interest in happiness. And I'm still on that journey which is really, really exciting. But I guess that was the kind of a turning point for me to go into the science of happiness. So I had no idea that those are all the things that you went through. And so thank you for sharing them, not only with me, but with the listeners. Oh my goodness. And when you mentioned the leak and no one being able to fix it, my heart went into my mouth because I cannot imagine, and obviously your dad's illness, not being able to get there, but things that when we can't solve things immediately, it's very, very stressful. So Claudia, how did you cope with that? How did you cope with seeing the leak, feeling trapped, all of that? What, what, what did you put into place? The first 
aspect was this idea that I'm concentrating on happiness weekly. So what happened, I had this, I gave myself a purpose that was beyond everything that was happening. That was only for me to give me a mind rest and a mind break. And that was really important for me uh, because I'm actually quite anxious individual and I go easily into catastrophizing. So it was really important for me to take that time and has a, have a different purpose. So my mind thinks about something else. So researching a science of happiness, researching well-being methods, trying them out was giving me that purpose and giving me that rest that then was I was able to transfer the learnings and transfer some of the approach and perspective into then looking at all of the specific issues and problems and trying to solve them in a really tiny steps, you know, in a really, really tiny steps. But uh, that was the, the biggest aspect for me, uh, purpose and perspective. And that's amazing because I think when all these things happen to people, and I think it's very rare uh, that this year I don't meet someone who hasn't got, you know, they're not juggling 20 plates, right? Is I, and I've just been feeling really overwhelmed and I just said, I just can't cope. And I've just said to myself, I have to take it an hour at a time. I can't focus on more than that. That's literally been my phrase for the last six months. But obviously personal development is the last place or thing people want to think about when all this is going on. It, it consumes you, like you said, and I totally resonate with being an anxious person too. So how can people, you know, really make small steps towards this? If someone might be listening and going, oh, that's all very well, but I really couldn't do that. What would you say to them? Yeah, and, and you're right. It, it won't work for everyone. We all need different things. But the way I dealt with it is that I given myself 30 minutes a day towards thinking about my happiness. And that 30 minutes a day was something that was helping me to set me for the rest of the challenges that were happening in the day. And for me, those were really three specific things. So... um. First of all, it was um, just five minutes of briefing, uh, just uh, box briefing <laughs> to just really calm down my body. That was really, really important. It was 10 minutes of gratitude exercise. And when people say gratitude, oh, no, what are you grateful for? Your first response is this, are you kidding me? Aren't you seeing what's happening around me? Is this is a joke? But I had a gratitude buddy. So uh, me and my friend had this bed that every day we got, no matter what's happening, we're going to message one or two things on WhatsApp that we're grateful for, even if it is so lame as I'm drinking my favorite green tea. And this is what I can afford today in terms of gratitude because everything else is just too much overwhelming. So that was at my almost like 15 minutes. And then the rest 15 minutes was that uh, refocusing on thinking of something else. And that could be, could have been by having a walk in nature, listening to podcasts and learning something, listening to favorite music, uh, doing something creative. So my brain will just stop thinking. And I know I really truly know from experience that when we going for something challenging and difficult, the last on our list is let me start crafting something. 
I, I, let's be, you know, you're thinking like, I don't know what to do with all of this in my life. Um, and shall I be now, you know, crafting car postcards? Um, but it's really interesting that that idea of learning, of mind rest and really sticking, even if you feel I cannot do this right now, the more you think I cannot do this right now, the more you need it. And for me personally, that was really helping me 30 minutes a day, every day, no matter what. Um, and you would work and I guess you would find other things that are good for you. Some people exercise, some people um, want to go and have a chat with a friend. Um, some people will, um, you know, uh, cuddle their cat, whatever it is. But it's just the idea of a routine that you're concentrating on your happiness every single day. Oh, that's brilliant. So practical and so helpful. And so then I wanted to ask you then for you personally, what does the term happiness mean? How do you know when you're happy and when you've kind of reached that realistic happiness point um, within your daily, either your daily practice or, you, you know, what, what does it mean to you? And again, it's going to mean different things to different people, but what does happiness mean to you? Uh, okay, I love it. And you know what, again, I'm going to give very scientific answer in here, <laughs> because uh, the kind of science helped me um, to appreciate the concept of happiness more. Uh, so definitely for me, so let me start with what happiness isn't for me. Uh, it's definitely not about avoiding negative emotions. Uh, it's definitely not about feeling good and a bit here and there. For me personally, happiness is, and as we know actually from research, so I'm completely stealing it from research, um, is on one hand is that day to day, how happy do I feel? So almost a your a ratio of positive emotions to negative emotions. So we still have negative emotions, that's fine, but are we craving and experiencing positive emotions? But then elevating it to how satisfied I feel with my life overall and how much my, how much my life has meaning. So, and that really helped me because I, in that case, I know that I might not be happy today. I might have very rubbish day. I may be really going through something difficult, but that's okay because actually I'm a happy person because I feel that overall life satisfaction. Um, and that really helped me um, during the tough times. So for me, happiness has those two components, day-to-day -day ordinary moments that we all love, that brings us that joy, that connection, but then also overall, I'm proud of my life. I see meaning in my life. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think some of it's drawn from Professor Martin Seligman's yeah, positive psychology. So I'll, I'll link I'll link that in the show notes. Um, thank you so much. And that is very, very helpful because I think often in the West, we think about happiness as party time 24-7, which it isn't. <laughs> but it might be for some people. And that's great if that's you. Um, but I think for many, for many of us, any of anyone who's done house renovations, it's time to vomit in a bucket. But, <laughs> But yeah, so that's very, very helpful, Claudia. And then thinking about the workplace then, how do you think workplaces, and this is exactly what you do in your day job, um, can make people happier at work and contribute to their personal development? 
Yes, absolutely. So I think there are different components. And again, there's so much occupational research done uh, around this. Uh, and I'm seeing this in practice, but I also know that there is just so much science behind. And the model that I really like to use is uh, by Daniel Pink. It has five elements that let um, that inform us that actually, if we have those five elements in the workplace, um, then we can uh, we increasing employee engagement and people feel happier. Uh, so starting with the level of fairness. So really, as employers, we want to have fair working conditions, fair pay, um, fair opportunities in the workplace. The more fairness we have, the happier people are. Of course, fairness is not enough. <laughs> we know we've been in situations, I'm sure that you've been maybe in a very fair work workplace, but actually you've still been unhappy. And that's because we have then other elements like sense of belonging. Uh, do people feel they belong? And this could be from inclusion diversity perspective, but also from social perspective. We like people that we work with and we feel accepted by them. There is also idea of purpose. So people will feel happier if they connected with their purpose. So in here, we have fantastic work by Amy Wrześniewski, and I always quote Amy Wrześniewski because she has a Polish heritage and I can pronounce her name correctly. But Amy Wrześniewski crafted a coined a job crafting, um, which is this idea of, of linking operational tasks uh, that we do daily with the overall purpose of the organizations. And, you know, I, I spend lots of time teaching my managers how to do that, to make sure that colleagues are connected with the purpose of the organization. Autonomy. So no one loves micromanagement. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, so people are happier if they have autonomy to be creative, autom autonomy to innovate, and we're giving them that freedom. And the final one, which is linked to personal development, Leila, which is what you asked, um, it's that mastery. So are we giving colleagues opportunity to learn and grow? Uh, and grow? Uh, are we giving them opportunity to apply their skill sets? Are we recognizing their skill sets? So uh, a great podcast called Squiggly Career will uh, speak about the concept of being a strength spotter. So are you spotting people's strengths and are you... Are you showcasing that, you know, colleagues are valued on the basis of their skill set? So that idea of mastery and personal development. So if you really think about those five components, fairness, sense of belonging, mastery, purpose and autonomy, if you work on this as a manager, as a leader, as an owner of the organization, you will increase your level of happiness. Because ultimately, if you would like me if you tell me tomorrow, okay, Claudia, I would like you to tell me how happy are my colleagues. This is what we will measure to establish that level of happiness. And your point about mastery really links to the techniques that you use for yourself. So it wasn't your workplace saying you need to do this. You were like, okay, I'm going to research, I'm going to find out. And then that mastery. So again, it goes back to that point that you might get a promotion. It might not make you feel happy. So often what we have is a disconnect, right? We get something and we feel flat and we think, why is it making me feel this way? It's what I've wanted. And it's then learning about that mastery or what is it that's triggering certain things or, you know, why am I having this reaction that we can then start to unpick that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for personal use, when I use that model, when you're looking at maybe certain role opportunities or career progression opportunities, if you make a, if you make a very conscious decision 
that, you know what, I'm going to accept this role because let's say um, I'm going to have more autonomy, but I know that uh, my sense of belonging will go down because I'm, I won't be working with the team of people that I really love working. Then at least you're making it as a conscious decision rather, as you said, you accepted the role and then you're not happy and you're thinking what's going on there. And then you're discovering, oh, actually, this is not in line with my skill set. Uh, I don't believe in the purpose. Um, and I actually didn't consciously thought about those elements. Uh, so, yeah, really great point there, Leila. And I think also there's societal pressure, isn't there, that we should do this and we should do that. And often we get to those shoulds. And I've had definitely had that this year. And I felt awful. I felt really upset. And it's brought things up that I didn't even know were there. And so it's that whole point, isn't it, that we are going to have rough days, rough months, rough weeks. But where is the kind of shiny quality to it and our overall satisfaction with life? And I think that's really important to hold on to. Um, so, Claudia, you talked a little bit about it, but anything else you want to share in terms of as incredibly busy professional and all the work that you do, how you look after your own mental health, um, any top three tips that you'd like to give listeners? I guess the first really tip, it's more about for me being an explorer. And it's more about try out different things and see how you feel. I mean, there is so much different information out there. It's not necessarily saying and following that conventional wisdom, as you're saying, Clayla, this will make you happy, you know, and if you're doing this, you should be happy. Try things, see how it works for you. Um, I like trying different models, different tools, uh, and then just seeing how it makes me feel. Um, again, I already mentioned my top three favorite. I always come back to mindfulness and briefing. Uh, I always come back to simple gratitude and the idea of how can I give my, uh, my mind the rest. And um, already... Again, because I'm with a learning and development profession, learning is a big thing for me. I like to learn all the time. And when I'm, and again, when I mean that, I don't mean that I'm going on holiday conferences, holiday courses. It's more about every day, 10 minutes of this is interesting and I want to learn more about this. So yes, I think it's just an exploration. Try different things, see how we feel about that, and then just stick to them. That's the biggest aspect of building habits. The kind of, I would say that my hack for implementing new, new habits is always something called habit stacking. So if I'm already doing something, I just stack on top some uh, nice habits. So for instance, my mindfulness exercise, it's stuck to the fact that I open laptop and I open up all of these, uh, all of the specific browsers that I need. But before I launch into them, I actually do a very quick mindful exercise. And I do that all the time because you know what? I open my laptop every day. <laughs> so that basically triggers that. So I guess just think about what are you doing every day repeatedly and then think about how you can add that small habit into your routine. Um, the simpler, the quicker the habit, you will you will most likely stick to it. If you think, and again, I used to do that a lot, that, oh yes, I'm going to exercise every day for one hour and a half, and then I'm going to do this. And, th and you're like, well, actually, I don't have five hours to spend on my well-being every day. I would love to, but I really don't. Um, so it's just thinking really small and being kind to yourself as well that, yeah, 
that's that that's what I'm trying, and this is this is what my best is uh, at this particular moment in time. Yes, and I love that. And James Clear in his book Atomic Habits, he gives a really helpful example, doesn't he? Make your cup of tea or coffee and just take three deep breaths. There you go. That's better than doing nothing. Um, absolutely. <laughs> and I think another thing that happens with what you've said is the consistency so important because often we don't feel the effects. We think, well, I still feel a bit rubbish. How is this working? But what I can say is that when you stop doing it for more than a day, you think, sugar, this has hit me and I've got to get back on it. And so often we don't realize the transformation has happened while we are in the process of the consistency and that's why it's even more important to stick with it so thank you for saying that Claudia. Uh, no I have one actually funny example Leila Hill so when we were trying the gratitude uh, I always struggle with gratitude because I mean we all prone to negativity bias which means that our brain evolved to spot the negative because that's what protects us I feel like my brain is extra has an extra negativity bias on top and um, but I remember practicing that and you know on Monday I'm just like this literally hurts my brain and I really like this is ridiculous I don't feel grateful for anything this is all a disaster um and then by Sunday you just like your brain concentrates on everything that's positive and then as you said the moment you don't do it your brain is still clinging to it saying oh this is a nice thing isn't it oh this is something that is worth mentioning so it's it's quite interesting how there is a small shift which sometimes we don't notice till as you say we stop doing it uh, which is really interesting yeah thank you so much and Claudia if people want to work with you or check out your podcast and I will of course include the link in the show notes how should they do that you can very, uh, you're very welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn just by searching my name. So uh, yeah, would love to hear from you there. And then in terms of the podcast and all the information about everything that I do in terms of my writing as well, um, you can go to endhappiness.co.uk, my website, and you can find lots of great information there. Uh, there's also a free email course that you can sign up with, with lots of different techniques that I tried with some extra scientific tips um, so you can actually see that yeah there is a science behind uh, all the aspects that we're sharing that like for instance gratitude there is so much amazing evidence how actually gratitude is rewiring our brain at cel cellular level so uh, some mind-blowing research uh, really uh, so uh, yeah check check it out see see if you like it thank you so much what a brilliant uplifting episode and i think listeners are going to get so much from this so i can't thank you enough for your time your energy and your openness claudia thank you so much leila and we'll take care listeners and we'll be starting a new series and of course it's my one of my favorite times of the year black history month so please stay tuned for amazing guest conversations and race equity as we move into october until then take care Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast, where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.